<laughs> well, we are making lemonade out of lemons in this series called The Squeeze. It's a series about our problems, mine and yours and ours, big problems, small problems, the world's problems. It doesn't matter what problem. I don't know what your problem is. I just like saying that. That's a fun thing to say. You go around saying that. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your problem. I don't know what your problem is. But regardless of what your problem is, you can bring your problem to the perspectives and truths and principles that we're learning together. And I'm telling you, it'll help. It may not make your problem go away, but that was not the point of this series to begin with. It will help you as you face them. And as way of a quick review, just in case you've missed anything, let me give you the highlights over the last couple of weeks. You can always go back and watch it, which we encourage you to do that if you miss something. But in week one, we learned that problems are just a part of it. Just a part of it. Just a part of life for everybody. And we actually saw that problems, even though it's not intuitive, they don't get in the way, they pave the way. Now, my default setting and your default setting is that problems are constantly getting in our way. And we think and say things like, if this problem was fixed, or if I didn't have this problem, my life would be better. If I didn't have this problem, my life would be fine. If we didn't, whatever the problem is, we kind of name it and say, if I could get rid of that, then things would be so much better. And that may be great in the moment until we see that that problem is going to be replaced by another problem, which will be replaced by another problem. And that's not being a pessimist. That's just being real. That's what we've all experienced. But problems don't get in the way. They pave the way. They pave the way to the life that God wants for you, and they actually pave the way to the life, honestly, if you really think about it, that you truly want for yourselves. And we know that because we've looked in the past before, and we've said things like, that problem right there helped make me who I am today. They paved the way to get you to where you are. Now, last week, we saw that problems push us. They push us to God. And this is true for everybody, whether you're religious or not, whether you consider yourself spiritual or not, a Christian or not, even for an atheist, problems push us to consider the divine. And when problems push you, you end up asking yourself questions about God, the divine, higher power, however you want to describe it. You begin to ask yourself questions. And we said, embrace that, embrace the questions. In fact, these are two great questions to ask about God and ask God when you are pushed by problems to God. We start with God, why? God, why? God, why? It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a necessary thing to wrestle with the why and then move to what? God, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? What do you want me to know about myself? What do you want me to know about life? What do you want me to know about other people? What do you want me to know to grow and to learn and change and mature? So we've come a long way so far and today we're going to talk about attitude. We're going to talk about perspective. We're going to talk about how you choose to see the problems that you have because attitude is a huge part of this. Regardless of what problem that you're facing, uh, it's, it's about getting to the point where you look at the pile of lemons that life has given you and you say, I know there's got to be some lemonade in there somewhere. <laughs> I just know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. And we'll figure it out together. But I want to begin with something that all of us know all of us realize this, and it's this right here. First of all, not all problems are the same. Not all problems are the same. In fact, why don't you clear that screen behind me because I wasn't ready for that. Don't look at that. Don't read. <laughs> not all problems are the same. You read ahead. 
Shame on you. In fact, what's big to somebody may not be big to somebody else. We've said this before. Wouldn't you love to have some people's problems? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? You've probably said that. I'd love to have their Oh, must be nice. Must be nice to have their problems. Like when you hear someone complaining, you know, I don't know what we're going to do since we won the lottery last year. <laughs> we're running out of things to spend the money on. It's just like, well, I'd love to have that problem, right? I don't know what we're going to do. Me and my husband, we just can't agree. We can't settle on where we're going to vacation next summer. Hawaii, Italy, or West Virginia. <laughs> we, we can't decide. Wouldn't you love to have that problem, right? I mean, it would be a great problem to have. But all joking aside, here's what you need to know about your problems. There are some people who look at you and say the same thing. Some people would love to have your problems. In fact, billions, yes, that's right, billions, talking about a perspective change, billions of people who don't have access to clean water for their children, who don't have food to put on the table and adequate shelter over their heads, and who are dying from diseases that you and I don't even have to worry about because it's pennies, pennies. Things like malaria, pennies for us in comparison. Would love to have our first world problems. So it's, ah, not all problems are the same. In fact, let me take it a little bit closer to home. Not all of your problems are the same to you. You got big problems, you got small problems. Now, I know, I know there are those people, and all of us have that person in our lives, that person that we work with, that person in our family, that, and you may be that person. And if you are the person I'm getting ready to describe, you probably don't see it about yourself because it's really hard to see in the mirror. But just ask the rest of us. We're probably not gutsy enough to tell you. But you know the people that exaggerate every problem, that every problem is the end of the world problem? Every problem is the end of the world. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst day ever. And we've talked about this before. Yesterday was the worst day ever until today. Today's the worst day ever. But guess what's going to happen tomorrow? It doesn't matter. The line's going to be too long at McDonald's, and tomorrow is going to be the worst day ever. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right? Now, yeah, there's drama there, and we all have those drama people in our lives and exaggeration. And yet to cry for attention yeah, yeah, it's your problems. Here's the truth. Your problems are not nearly as bad as you think most of the time. And most of the time, they're not as bad as you want other people to think. But your problems are not all the same. It's like I described, there's a difference between a pimple and cancer. And you had better remember the difference between a pimple and cancer. You don't ever want to treat a pimple like a cancer. And you don't ever want to treat cancer like a pimple. Pimples are pimples. They're going to go away and you'll get another one. Right? Yeah. So you don't want to exhaust yourself treating a pimple like cancer. It's a small thing. But you also don't want to ignore a cancer because it will kill you eventually. So yeah, 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 we got different problems in the world and different problems in our lives. But here's the truth. Regardless of what your problem is, regardless of what problem you're talking about in the world, and regardless of what problem you're facing in your life, All problems, every problem, every single problem, all comes back to how you see it. 
Not whether or not it is a problem. Of course it's a problem. But what you choose to do with it. Let me say it. Let me show it to you. And then we're going to see it together in the next few moments. Every problem. Problems are a process that bring progress. This is our Dr. Seuss moment today. Problems are a process that bring progress. Every problem, big problems, small problems, your problems, their problems, the world's problems are a process that bring progress, and that is an attitude. It's a perspective that you can choose, and it's true for you and me, Christians and non-Christians, old people, young people, every people, everybody. Problems are a process of refining us, defining us. Problems are a process. Do you know that your problem, regardless of what your problem is, is almost never about just now, the moment that you're experiencing it. It's almost never just about today. It's almost never just about this moment. It's almost never just about the feeling that you're feeling right now. It's almost always about something else a little bit later on that it's going to lead you and pave the way like we saw in week one. It's going to pave the way. It's taking you somewhere because it's a process that will bring progress. It will be something that God uses to help you become who he created you to be, to help you become who you want to be. Now, you may not understand the progress you're making. You may not see the progress you're making for a very long time. You may not feel like you're making any progress. In fact, problems often make us feel what? Stuck. We're just kind of running in place, exhausting ourselves. But don't be deceived by your problems. Because problems, every problem, are process. It's a process that will bring progress in your life. And you know this, you know it, you know it. We talked about it in week one, but let me remind you, you can look back in your life right now, you tell the stories. I've heard the stories, your friends have heard the stories, and I tell the stories about a problem in our past that we thought was gonna take us out, a problem that we didn't think we would survive, a problem in our marriage, a problem with our finances, a problem with our health, a problem, and you fill in the blanks and say, wow, that made me who I am today. I learned so much. I'm so much smarter. I'm so much wiser. You know what you're describing? You know what you're saying? That problem <laughs> was a part of a process that brought about progress in my life. And, so, and, and look at where I'm at now. Yeah. So you take that, copy it, and paste it into whatever problem you're facing and choose to accept the process. Choose to accept and celebrate. This is what we're going to see in a few minutes. It's counterintuitive. Sounds crazy. But also celebrate the process that is leading to progress. In week one, we began to read the writings of James, the first leader in the first church in the first century, writing to a group of those first Christians. And the first topic he covered, which is noteworthy, I mean, he could have begun writing anything to these group of first Christians facing so many things. He could have been you know, talking about you know, creation. He could talk about you know, the love of God, which would have been a great thing to talk about, right? He could have talked about anything he wanted to talk about. And the topic that he chose is noteworthy because the topic he chose was problems because they were facing problems. You think you got problems? You think I got problems? 
you were these people just by them showing up at church, identifying themselves as followers of Jesus, or at least interested in finding out what it means to follow Jesus, put a bullseye on their back in no uncertain terms, and they suffered relationally, they suffered economically, and many of them suffered physically. They had problems. Just, okay, not just, also, all the problems you get, they get sick, things go wrong. No, no. On top of that, they're Christians. And just because they name themselves as followers of Jesus, who they believe that Jesus was God in a body, and that he died and he rose again, just by them identifying with that, caused many problems for them. James writes to these first Christians something. We're going to come back to what we saw in the first week. Now we're going to go a little bit further in it. And it's all about attitude. It's all about perspective. And this is what he said. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Why? Why consider it joy? It seems like an odd thing to say to people that are having a problem. I mean, he could have said something like, you know, trust God. That, that's true. He could have, could have said something like, you know, just kind of hang in there. You know, that would have been a nice thing to say. But then he comes with this, consider it pure joy. Wait, does he know what we're going through? Wait, does he understand what's happening? Wait, is he even clued in? Consider it pure joy. Why, why, why? Because perseverance because he said, there's a process involved here. There's a process involved that's going to take you somewhere. And eventually, you're going to learn perseverance. You're going to have perseverance. And when you're going through problems, especially a problem that takes a while, or a problem, one problem after another kind of scenario that we all have you know, experienced and identified with, perseverance is a mighty fine thing to have in your life tool belt that you can, you know, hold on to and say, I can get through this. Consider it pure joy. Now notice, that's a choice to consider something that's a problem that you don't like, that's difficult to consider it pure joy. That's a choice. That's a decision. He did not say whatever the problem was, was pure joy. He didn't say the problem is pure joy. He said you have to look at it and decide. It's an attitude. It's a perspective. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. He didn't say it was going to be fun. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say it was going to be enjoyable. He said, consider it joy. In other words, what James is telling us is, it may, whatever problem you're facing, it may not be good to you, but it's going to be good for you. Now, I don't know what your problem is. Marriage problem, relationship problem, financial problem, health problem, depression, anxiety. Do I even want to continue to live and you're contemplating suicide? I, I don't know. I don't know the depth or the breadth of the problem you're facing. But whatever problem you're facing, although it is not good to you, what this teaches us, is that it can be good for you if we go with the process to allow the progress to take its toll. It's a choice we make. I didn't say the problem is a choice, 
because you would have opted out and I would have opted out. And we would have been like, done, it's in the way, out of the way, fix it, healed it, moved it, moved them, whatever, it's over. That's what I want and that's what you want. So I'm not saying we choose the problem. No, the problem is on our plate. The problem's in your life. You, it's, it's you now. It's on you, it's in you, it's in your life. Now you gotta choose to do something with it. And he said, choose, 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 decide. That even though it's not good to me, it's going to be good for me. And then he highlights it a different way. He said, let perseverance. And that's a choice. Here's another choose word, decide word. Let perseverance finish its work. There's the process. It's working. It's doing something. Let it do its job. Let the problem that's in your life do the job that it can do. And sometimes it is doing a number on you. And sometimes it's like, man, this one's doing a number on me. Yeah, 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 that's normal. What you're feeling is normal, but what you're feeling is the process of the progress that's coming your way. So let it finish its work so that when it's all said and done, you'll be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And I don't know about you, but when I go through problems, I don't give a rip about being mature. I don't want to be mature. I want this problem gone. Thank you very much. I don't want to be complete. I want this problem gone. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's just such a huge attitude adjustment for us. It's an attitude that looks at your problem and surveys your situation and is honest enough to say, all is not okay right now, but I'm going to be okay. All is not okay, but I'm going to be okay. My marriage is not okay, but it's going to be okay. My relationship is not okay, but it's a part of a process that can bring great progress. It's going to be okay. My health is not okay, but I'm going to be okay. Financially, things are not okay, but we're going to be okay. Do do you see the choice? You, You make the choice. You make the choice to look at your problem. In fact, let's spend the rest of our time kind of unpacking what that looks like. When you have a problem, you must choose. You must choose. You have a choice. You didn't choose your problem. Sometimes our problems choose us, right? But here it is. So what does it look like? To do what James says. To do what God is teaching us through James. Whatever problem you have, I don't know what your problem is, you think about your problem, and let's look at this. We have a choice to make. This is what it looks like. First of all, you choose to see your obstacle as an opportunity. You choose to see the problem as an opportunity. You choose to see that in every problem, There is promise within every problem, within the DNA and the framework of every problem, there's great promise and great opportunity. I know that's counterintuitive, but there's an opportunity for you to learn, for you to grow, for you to mature. And I know what some of you are thinking because I would think the same thing. In fact, I do think the same thing when I'm sitting where you're sitting, listening to somebody like me say this kind of stuff. I'll say, well, you're just spinning it. That's all you're doing. It's just that power of positive thinking crap. That, you're just spinning it. Well, not really, but here's the deal. 
When it comes to your problem, you either spin it or it will spin you. And some of you came in here today spinning. You either spin it, that's what James is saying. You have these problems, so consider it. Decide something. Decide that it's not, even though it's not good to you, it's going to be good for you. And let the process, let perseverance finish its work. Let it do what it, God brought it in your life to do. Let it do what it's meant to do. Go with it. Stop fighting it. Stop ignoring it. Stop denying it. And go with the flow of the process that's going to bring progress. That's what James was teaching us. It's an opportunity. Have here a glass of lemonade. You're wondering when I was going to get to that, huh? Yep. Hey, I, I, show of hands. This will be fun. This will be fun. I didn't plan on doing this. Show of hands here. We're all looking at this glass of lemonade here. How many of you naturally, just naturally, look at this and go, well, look, there's a glass that's half full. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Be honest. Good for y'all. Good for y'all. How many of you would join me in saying, no, that, that thing's half empty? Yeah. 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 I'm a half empty. I'm a, yep. Yeah, yeah. See, it's the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. An optimist and a pessimist. And okay. Like, oh, I'm shocked at you, Pastor. Well, be shocked. <laughs> I fooled you, didn't I? Just the way I'm wired, you know? I, I can spot a problem, you know, like, hey, I'll tell you what the problem is. I'll tell you what the problem is. You know, Gosh, if I could just spot, spot the problems in the mirror, right? That would be best. But it's just how I'm wired. I'm a problem solver. You know, I just see the details. They slap me in the face. And I just can't, get, you know. Oh. Optimist, half full. Pessimist, half empty. Half full, half empty, half full, half empty. And then all this arguing and about, you know, the problem here. And, oh, no, it's, it's half full, half empty. Let me, let me show you what an opportunist is about. Optimist says that's half full. Pessimist says it's half empty. An optimist, I mean, an opportunist. <laughs> you just drink the lemonade, right? <laughs> I don't care if it's half full. I don't care if it's half empty. I'm thirsty. I'm drinking the lemonade. That's what an opportunist does. Now, take that, take that and apply it to your problem. Yeah, and so, so here's to less arguing about the nature of your problem. Here's to less complaining about your problem's this big, not big, I'm just so sick and tired. Here's to less arguing and talking and complaining about the problem and more to drinking of the opportunities that your obstacle presents you. Every obstacle is an opportunity. What opportunity is in front of you? Because of your problem, embrace it. Embrace it. Drink the opportunity, drink it up, take it in. Keep thinking about your problem. How do you choose? You gotta choose. What does it look like? What does it look like? This problem is an obstacle, yes, but it's also an opportunity. And then maximize that opportunity. Maximize it, maximize it. I mean, this is kind of what James is getting at. Don't maximize the problem. We talked about that. You know, when people exaggerate, they maximize the problem. No, no, no. It's not about maximizing the problem. It's maximizing the potential that every problem has within it. I hear people say this all the time, and I don't know. And I said, I think I said it this week over something, and I caught myself. I don't know when this became a bad thing, 
But they'll describe a situation that is a problem, that is negative, that they didn't ask for, that they didn't want, that they didn't sign up for. And they'll say, say things, people say things like this. They'll go, well, well, and they describe it. I guess we're just going to have to make the most of it. I mean, what can you do? We're just going to have to make the best of it. That's all I can do. I'm just trying to make the most of it. Well, here's the deal. When, when, when did that become a bad thing? When did, well, you know, we say it's a bad thing because we didn't get what we want when we wanted it, as we wanted it. So everything else is like, you know, consolation prize. No, 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 no. Making the most of something, making the best of something is not a just. It is what followers of Jesus learn and choose to do. Well, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I planned for. This is not what I asked for. I would have never signed up for this, but this is on my plate. So I'm going to make the best of it. So I'm going to make the most of it. You see the difference? And not, well, I guess I'm just going to have to make the most of it. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? It's attitude, man. It's, it's perspective. I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to make the best of this. I don't know if you know the name John Wooden. I don't know if you are a college basketball fan, because if you are, you know the name John Wooden. John Wooden, for those of you who don't know him, John Wooden coached the UCLA Bruins college basketball team for a long time. And in the mid-60s to the mid-70s, not only did they have three, I think, maybe four, but three undefeated seasons where they went 30-0, and which is almost impossible to do in today's time. But in a 12-year span, they won 10 national championships in a 12-year span. I mean, I don't think that'll ever be touched again, uh, just the way the game has changed anyway. And I'm a big college basketball fan. I mean, me and Jesus with the Tar Heels, we've been pulling for them for a long time. But anyway... This is what, why so surprised? This is what John Wooden said. And, and listen, I quote this. I wrote this down a long time ago to share with you because I'm so impacted by this. Now, John Wooden is not Jesus, but Jesus can teach us through anybody. John Wooden said, things tend to turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. I want to read that again, and I want you to think about your problem. Things tend to turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. That's maximizing your opportunity. At some point, you have to look at your problem and go, well, going to make the most of it. Well, it's not what I want. Well, it's not what I asked for. Well, it's not what I planned. And I'm not really enjoying this part of it. But you know what? It is. And so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This... Within this is so much opportunity, and, and we're going to maximize it. We're going to discover it, and we're going to maximize it together. One, one more thing, one, one more part of this choosing that I think helps us embrace what James was saying. Helps discover the process that brings progress. And saying, I'm going to make a choice to consider this a good thing. It's good for me, even though it's not good to me. And I'm going to let it do its job. I'm going to let it work its work is that choose a victory mentality over a victim mentality. And I know this sounds cliche. It is very clichéical, but it, it's still true. Choose a victory mentality instead of a victim mentality. Right? Well, you know what a victim mentality is. You know what that is. Because we see it everywhere. Oh, poor me. You maybe hear it in your own words. Oh, of course it would happen to me. 
Always does. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, kick me in the, yeah. I'm just waiting. Man, if something can go wrong, it will. Can you hear that? You hear that? Victim, 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 victim. You know what a victim mentality will do? It'll halt the process. It halts the process. It just stops it. Dead in its tracks. And you don't get to the progress part. You just kind of spin in circles right there. Oh, poor me, poor me. Nobody gets me. Nobody understands me. And here's the other sad thing about victim mentality. Listen very carefully. There are real victims in this world. There are people who have truly been victimized by people that were supposed to love them. There are people that have been victimized by people that they trusted. There are people that have been victimized even even by the church, by followers of Jesus. There are are people who truly have been victimized in this world. And so for us to kind of use it as a label to get attention is so disrespectful to people that have truly been mistreated, truly been taken advantage of. And the truth is, is we're, most of us are not victims. We just want attention. Most of us are not victims. And a victim mentality halts your progress. A victory mentality, however, is exactly what John, I mean, what James was describing. He was saying, listen, choose. Choose to see it. I'm going to make progress here. This is going to help me be mature and complete to the point that I've got everything I need in Christ and help me see that, yeah, yeah, it's a problem, but I'm making progress. And it's a messy process, and it's not a fun process, but it's a good. It's good for me. And God's taken me somewhere great. I believe it. It's a victory mentality. You know, let me describe a victory mentality for you. A victory mentality is described with words like faith, belief, hope, trust. A victim mentality is always focused on trying to find a way out, trying to find a way out. But a victory mentality is focused on trying to find a way through. You say, well, that's just semantics. No, 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 that's different. It's a different attitude. Constantly just finding a way out. You feel constantly victimized. I just want out. I just want out. I just want out. A victory says, no, no, no. It's here in my life for a reason. I'm looking for a way through it because this is a part of a process that's going to bring progress. And on the other side of this, I'll look back on it and go, even this helped make me who I am today victory mentality. Okay. All of this is a choice. You got to make the lemonade. You got to make it. If you want to choose a bad attitude, God will let you. If you want to choose a victim mentality, God will let you. If you want to be poor me and you just kind of spin your wheels and just do nothing and kind of waste time, God will certainly let you. But he will help you if you want to make a choice and decide to be a part of a process to bring progress. And you know why this is so vitally important? Because our attitude affects our behavior. And how you see your problem and how you think about your problem will determine how you live through your problem. 
how you treat people and how you look at life and treat life and the decisions you make. A few years ago, Eric Waldrop, our executive pastor, was teaching, and, and it wasn't even really his main point. He just kind of said this in passing, but it impacted me, and I wrote it down, and I, I don't even have to look at it anymore. It's just, I, I remember it. He said this, and, and I, I come back to it. He said this. Eric said, how you view things determines how you do things. How you view things determines how you do things. So true. This, this is exactly what we're talking about today. How you view things determines how you do things. That's why this is so important, to get this this attitude, this perspective thing right. Your problems, I don't know what your problem is, but your problems are a process to bring progress. Work with it. Go with it. Go with it. Choose it. Not the problem, but the process, because it'll bring you to a great place. Last week, gave you the opportunity to do something, and I want to kind of go back and let's do it again. In front of you or beside of you is a piece of paper, white piece of paper. Get that big piece of paper out. Now, last week, I asked you to write your problem on that paper. In one word, you can abbreviate it. Don't write your name on it. This is anonymous. This is not for anybody else right now. This is just something you're doing for yourself, just something for you that God is helping you through. Write down your problem on that paper, and some of you did last week. Some of you weren't here last week, so here's your shot. Here's your, cho- your chance. Write your problem down. Actually get it out of your head onto a piece of paper so you can see it. Maybe some of you were here last week, and you wrote your problem down. You're like, yeah, but it's been a week, and I got more, and I need more paper. Okay, okay, great, great. Write it down, write it down, write it down. And in a few moments, when we let you guys go, out in the lobby or out on the patio, determined by whatever location you've attended today, you'll see a prayer wall. Roll this piece of paper up with your problem on it. Push it in that prayer wall. So why? What happens when I do that? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing with your problem. Listen. But something might begin to happen in you. It's symbolic. It's symbolic of you literally saying, and I don't know about you, but this kind of stuff helps me. I'm very tactile, very visual. God, this is my problem. This is my problem. This is my problem. Help me. Help me be a part of the process. Help me embrace the process that's going to bring progress. Help me. Help me work with it. Help me allow it to do its work. Help me allow you to do your work in me. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. And leave it there. And maybe that'll help you internalize this. And pay attention to all the other problems you see. You have no idea what's on those cards. You would be shocked if you did. But you're not alone. Let's take a moment and bring our problems to God and ask him to help us with this. Dear Father, you know our problems. You don't need us to write them down for you to know them, but we write them down for ourselves. And maybe we're shocked to see the word that we wrote down being present in our lives and we never dreamed that we would see the word divorce or bankruptcy or no job or cancer or 
anxiety or suicide or whatever problem that we're wrestling with and it's on our plate. It may be surprising to us, but it's not surprising to you. And even though we would all like to just be done with this problem, it is here and it is here because we are experiencing a process. Help us to know that even though it's not good to us, it can be good for us. So may we choose to go with it, to allow you to work, and to look for the opportunity in every obstacle and to maximize it, and to choose victory over victim way of thinking. Lord, may we come to the realization that even though all is not okay around us, we are going to be okay. And we can make that choice because of your love and your strength and your grace. Amen.